Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Shit We Don't Tell Our Therapists. Hey, y'all. I sound like Google Maps. Turn left. <laughs> Please turn left. Oh, make a U-turn, you stupid bitch. You are lost, motherfucker. <laughs> Balsamic vinegar. Balsamic vinegar. That's a big word for Elmo. Yo, I remember when he said paper towel roll. I was like, Elmo's black. <laughs> paper towel roll. I said, homie, was good with it? <laughs> anyway, um, again... Welcome back. Um, yeah, this is the next episode, if you're listening. Episode two. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Damaris. And uh, I am Megan. And we're both absolutely amazing, beautiful, wonderful people. Um, that's not cocky. That's confident, as my quote-unquote daughter, Ella, would say. Um, so, yeah, again, um, just a brief, like, recap. This is kind of, like, mental health focus, stuff like that. Just us being real, genuine, having conversations. Um, disclaimer, we are not professionals. Um, so this is solely based off lived experience and like research and blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Um, maybe in like five years or so, I will be a professional, but we'll see. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, for real. If you guys are struggling with mental health, please, 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 please do not look to two dumb bitches on a podcast for assistance. Always reach out to a licensed or certified therapist and uh, get the help that you need for sure. Um, Also as well, a quick trigger warning disclaimer. Uh, We do talk about some heavy subjects, so if you feel like you are unable to listen to this podcast, listen to yourself and don't listen to us. Yeah, so... Don't die. I know. Ironically enough... We're going to be talking about things that start with the letter M, and I'm eating M&M's. But um, I didn't even plan that straight up. I was at the grocery store, and I was like, bro, I want chocolate. And I just grabbed a bunch of M&M's. So They're delicious. They are amazing, incredible, fantastic. Um, So, yeah, we'll just jump right in. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about – we're going to start with mania um, because I don't feel like that's talked about enough. And, like – it's mainly a part of, like, bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. I do believe it's also part of schizophrenia as well. Um, but most people who have mania have bipolar disorder. I have episodes of mania, um, or manic episodes, rather, because my depression is cyclic and it mocks bipolar, like, very similarly. Mm-hmm. Um, so with my, for me, like, with my mania, I feel very, like, disconnected. It's kind of like, it's a form of disassociation for me, personally. And it's like, my body's here. But, like, my mind is, like, in another galaxy or, like, a past life or something. Like, and I think I've experienced it for a while. But when it really became real was when I was in Atlanta with one of my homies. And we were at the grocery store getting stuff for the weekend. And I was just very, like, chaotic. Like, just very, like, anxious and just kind of, like, woo. And she was, like, are you good? I was, like, no, I'm having a manic episode. And she's, like, ah, makes sense. She's bipolar. So, like, she totally got it. She's, like, cool. I'll give you your space. If you need anything, let me know. I said, okay, great. I think my episode was done by, like, the next day. Sometimes it can be, like, multiple days. Sometimes it can be one day. It just depends, but um, I kind of just have to write it out. Mm -hmm. And usually I do tend to, like, isolate or recluse myself just because, like, when I'm manic, I can either be in, like, a really good mood and doing all sorts of cool stuff or I can be, like, really, really depressed and, like – want to do bad stuff so um I have gotten tattoos when I'm been in a manic state but honestly like whatever tattoo schmatoo I mean so I myself don't think I have ever experienced mania um 
at least from what I am aware of. Um, I have experienced my uh, my friends or my the people around me going through mania. You, mm-hmm. for one, I think you were going through a manic episode um, when you and your ex were going through their the breakup and everything. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then um. I've seen a, I've seen a other few people and, and they'll they'll say like oh I'm manic right now sorry and I'm just like it's it's okay so mm-hmm. I don't know a whole bunch about uh, mania I've just seen it's a very elevated place for that person yeah. whether it be like down low to mm-hmm. serious depression or like super ready to go do anything not really like actually want to jump off a building but the feeling of wanting to jump off a building kind of yep from what I've seen you just you want to soar yep. Or you don't want to get out of bed forever. Yep. Yeah, usually with my mania, I have noticed it depends on what's going on in my life with what level it is. Because, mm-hmm. like, when my ex and I broke up and, um, like, I took it really, really, really hard. And so, like, I my manic episode was, like, a really deep depression. Mm-hmm. Like, could not get out of bed. I didn't – I wasn't eating, like, at nope. all. It was so bad. It stayed with me for five days. I did stay with you for five days because I could not – I was living by myself – at the time, and I, I remember, I'll just be straight up, because I'm very much about being authentic and transparent, me and my therapist talked about this literally today, yeah, this morning, um, I, like, the day that it happened, like, I finished out my work day, whatever, I remember, like, I went somewhere, I'm coming home, and, like, literally like bawling my eyes out like can't breathe or anything, and I called my friend Maggie, who I'm now rooming with, and asked her to come stay with me, And she stayed with me um, because I would have gone to her, but I, like, could not drive. Like, I was, like, so distraught. And then, uh, long story short, like, she left and she's like, are you going to be good for, like, the hour that nobody's here with you? I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. Like, I'm (laughs) going to this place, that place. I was not fun. I ended up, like, self-harming, like, pretty bad. And um, it was not Yeah, and I think that's when you ended up calling me and I told you to drag your butt over here. Yep. Because I live... With my mom right now, I'm between places. Um, I'm getting a divorce. And so I moved out of my apartment and moved in with my mom until my cousin and I can move into our new place. I'm so excited. Um, but so I was like, you know what? My mom's place, it's pretty chill. I have animals that will love you and snuggle you forever. I have a TV in my room. I have an awesome ass bed. Yep. Like I will cook for you. And so, and that's kind of like for, like for me, that's what I would want someone to do for me. So I know like... At least a modicum of that would make you feel better. Yeah. I knew you weren't really eating well, so um, I texted Matt, and I was like, my partner, and I was like, hey, I'm not going to be around for a couple of days. Damaris and I are going to chill. Like, And then, um, yeah, uh, we ordered you food, and we hung out, and we stayed up and watched Criminal Minds, <laughs> which probably wasn't the best TV show for us to watch Yeah. during that time, but... At the same time, it does give you a level of, like, separation. You're like, oh, well, my life's not... <laughs> straight <laughs> up. Straight it's, up. It's not ending. So. No. And I'm big into behavioral analysis, so, like, I... Like, it does kind of, like, put me into a different place. Because, I fun fact, I did apply to work for the FBI. I made it over halfway through the process and then just decided that wasn't my calling anymore. So, I was like, peace out, Cub Scouts. Um... So yeah, I was going to be a fed. Yeah, whatever. People always give me crap for it, but it was it was a good experience. Um It's interesting though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. especially like the behavior analyst part of it mm-hmm. cuz like then you get to just dive into like people. Yeah, exactly. You get to pick their brains and 
stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, like, honestly, like with a lot of shit that I've been through, I don't think I've ever had a friend show up for me like the way that you did. I think like the last time that that kind of happened and like to any of my friends listening to this, like, please don't get butthurt. Like it, it's really like my memory sucks. So I'm sure a lot of y'all like showed up and stuff like that. But anyway, as well as also everybody shows up in different ways. Exactly. Exactly. So it was like, I think like the last time someone showed up for me like that was when I was in the psych ward. Mm-hmm. I attempted suicide in 2020 and my friends, Audrey and Mallory, um, they drove like six to eight hours round trip yeah. to come visit me in the psych ward for one hour. Yeah. Like, that's hard to find people like that. Yeah. Like, straight up. So, it was just, like, it was perfect. Like, it was a really good... Weekend. Yeah, time being here. Because you came over, like, on a... Like Friday. A Friday. Was it yeah. Wednesday? Or, no, I think it was a Thursday. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Because I had that Friday off. Yes, yeah. And then we just hung out because my cousin came to town. Yep. And we just chilled in my room for, like, an entire weekend and mm-hmm. just hung out. It was a good, it was a good time. It was good, yeah. And then I, um, I think I stayed with my parents for a week after that. And, uh, then I transitioned back to my, my mm-hmm. place because I was getting ready to move and stuff like that and I needed to go back. But, you know, I mean, the reason it was so hard for me to be in my apartment is because, that's where I made a lot of memories with my ex. And, like, he was, even though, like, he did not handle our breakup well at all, not appropriate at all. Um, that's not something I'm afraid to say on the record. Um, he did, during our relationship, treat me the way that I deserve to be treated. Mm-hmm. Treated me like a queen. Like, literally, like, I... He didn't communicate well. I think, honestly, yeah. that was the only thing that, like, he just didn't... Yeah. He doesn't have that ability to communicate what mm-hmm. he needs and how he feels. Exactly. Yeah. And that can be hard. Mm-hmm. Especially for people in their mid to late twenties. Yeah. Going into almost their thirties and yeah. eventually they learn, but yeah. Cause I'm 29 and the guy that I was dating, he was uh, like 24, 25. Oh, so like, I forgot that that was a big, of, yeah. That big of an age. Yeah. Group. And so, I mean, I like younger guys, I will admit, but you know, I mean, yeah. it's, but yeah, it was, I mean, I did, I remember talking to my therapist about it. I was like, I have to give credit where it's due. Like, he really showed me how I deserve to be treated. So, like, from here on forward, like, I know, like, yeah. kind of what I want and what I need and what I don't need. And uh, and for anyone who thinks that 24 to 29, you don't change as whoo, almost a completely, completely different individual, honey, just wait. Just wait. Yeah. I looking back. I'm 30. Mm -hmm. So looking back at one, my early 20s sucked. Same. My mid 20s sucked. Uh huh. Wait till you get to your 30s. It gets better. But do not expect to be the exact same person. Mm mm. At all. No, literally, like a lot of my friends, because I'm like for anyone who doesn't know me who's listening, I'm that person who like I walk into a room. I've been told this. Walk into a room, and people like are drawn to me like that people have told me there's just some presence something about my presence that's just very magnetic mm-hmm. and you know they're like you're one of the nicest people that you ever meet but they're like you also give off of the vibe of like I don't tolerate bullshit so if you're gonna do that take that shit elsewhere mm-hmm. but like I used to not be like that like I used to be like a doormat I mean like I used to be married to someone who's like a narcissistic sociopath like straight up so Fair. like and I just I remember like I have a friend who's like I wish I could be as outspoken as you or as blunt. I'm like, open your mouth. Like, that's literally all you have to do is open your mouth. Yeah. Which is easier said than done. It is. But, you know, I mean, it's like, I look back to when I was 25. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was married and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I, I mean, 
shit, even from like 28 to 29, like I changed so much. Yeah, I mean, from, it's like for me, 27 to 30, mm-hmm. like it, huge difference. Like I've yeah. grown so much as a person mm-hmm. and like, and that's even with, and I will say like with, with my ex-husband, like it, he helped me grow into the person that I wanted to be. And then we just, we moved away from each other yeah. and that's what happens. Yeah. And it's nothing bad. Like he became a different person and I became a different person, person, person. And we both <laughs> decided that it's, we just weren't conducive for each other. And we weren't what we could give each other for the long term. Yeah. And, um, so for watching you, like, yes, when you walk into a room, I most definitely could tell the first time I met you, I was like, this girl doesn't put up with shit. <laughs> this girl doesn't put up with shit. Nope. We're going to be really good friends. Yeah. And I know for me, like most people, they see me and they're like, oh, she's really patient. Mm-hmm. Well, that patient only goes so far because I deal with, I'm an educator. So I yeah. deal with kids all day. Of course I'm going to be patient with them, but you're a grown ass fucking adult. Uh-huh. I'm not going to let you walk all over me. Yep. I will nicely tell you that I'm not going to let you walk all over me. And then when you're no longer listening to me, then I'm going to tell you not so nicely. Yep. And that's, and that's how I handle it. And that's what I've been told that like, whenever I walk into a room, that's kind of what it is. I'm quiet. I'm very kind. But at the same time, eventually I stop putting up with your bullshit. Yep, exactly. It's so funny that you say that because like earlier today, and I was going to tell you this before we hopped on here, but earlier today I was at work and the staff from, um, where you're moving to, um, came into work and oh, nice. I was, I mentioned you and they're like, Oh my God, we love her. Like, she's so sweet. Like, da, 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 da. And I was like, yeah, I'm be able to wave to her like from like work and stuff like that, like all this stuff. And so, and I told him, I was like, yeah, I was like, Megan and I have only been friends for like six months, I think yeah. or something like that. And I was like, but I feel like I've known her my whole fucking life. <laughs> and they were like, from like a past life. I was like, exactly, exactly. I was like, dude, I was like, it's so crazy. Cause people be like, Oh, how long have y'all known each other? And like, I think they six ex- months. <laughs> yeah, like they, they expect to be like, yeah, seven years, and we're like, not six months. They're like, wait, what? Who? And then even like your best friend, April. April, like she and I are good friends too. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like, it's so crazy just to think of like how sometimes people just come into your life and you just hit it off like automatically, mm-hmm. like. I don't know. It's just so weird, but I'm just like so thankful, like not, not to get like emotional. (laughs) Like it's, but it's just like, (laughs) like you're going to probably like, not probably you're going to stand next to me. Like if, when I get married again, same, same. So I mean, straight up, like you're going to be there when I get ready. We're going to have some chicken nuggets. Oh my God. I can't wait. I love chicken nuggies. Oh my gosh. That's what I did. See, that's the thing too, is like when I look back at like my wedding day, it was a great freaking day. Yeah. And that's what I want. I just want, like, a chill day to get ready with my friends, party with my friends afterwards, especially with this friends group. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to be popping Delta 8 gummies. I ain't going to drink, but I'm going to be popping Delta 8, which... (laughs) I'm going to be drinking. I should do... We should do an episode where I, like... Have taken a Delta. Oh God, maybe not. No, no never mind. <laughs> Absolutely no, not. it's bad, y'all. When I take Delta Eight, I get like weird. Like trying to keep you on track when you're on bro, Delta Eight. It's so bad. Like it's so. It's like trying to get one of my kids to do their assignment. So funny story about you Delta. don't understand the assignment. <laughs> no, no. So funny story with Delta Eight. So my ex and I, I was over at his place. And I had taken a Delta 8. I'm like, I'm going to bed. It had hit. And he's like, okay. I go to his room and I turned on Netflix. (laughs) And the show I select is this fucking Pac-Man show. It's a kid show. I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. There's going to be bright colors and stuff like that. Cool. Yeah. So long story short, 
I start watching it. And I get way too it. Like I get invested. Like I'm literally like, oh my god, Pac-Man's gotta save his people, or they're gonna get destroyed. Like this is a mission. Well, my my boyfriend, you know, at the time, my ex comes in, and he's like, all right, I'm gonna change it. I'm like, no, I need to know what happens to the tree of life. <laughs> I have to see. We watched it for three hours, and his facial expression, y'all. It was so he was funny. He was so done. But, like, don't worry. I, like, threw that ass in a circle afterwards and make up for it. So, <laughs> it was always forgiven. Sorry if that was TMI. But, like, it was so fun. Like, I wish I could have taken a picture of his face because he was, like, Damaris, what is this? I was, like, I don't know, but it's good. And he was, like, this is terrible. Like, it's so, it's so. And, like, I tried to watch it the next day after, obviously, the gummy had worn off. And I was, like, what did I put this man through? I know. Like, and see, that's OMG. that's the crazy thing too um, that I've noticed with like Delta Eight. So like, um, I take just straight CBD, mm-hmm. and that's only whenever I am like hurting, like my body hurts and everything. Yeah. And so I don't. I've never tried Delta Eight before. And so like my mom, I know she takes it sometimes. Yeah. And she does it to help her sleep. But I've seen, like, it's such a vast array of, like, your reactions to it. Because there's been times when you're just like, dude, I'm so chill. Yeah. I get real times cool. you're just like, no, no, I don't Straight up. <laughs> and it's like, when I'm chill, like, I'm just sitting back. And people are like, you good? I'm like, bro, I'm high as shit. <laughs> like, literally, like, last night, which Delta 8 is legal, by the way, if any cops are legal. listening. So legal. don't come after me. Anyway. So, yeah, I, like, took Delta 8 last night and like was listening to um thornhill which if you haven't heard of them go check them out oh my god they're australian so of course you know it's gonna be good music um but i was just vibing i'm just sitting in my bed i'm like man i'm so happy like just <laughs> vibe. i'm just like listening to the guy sing. i'm like oh my god this is so, nice. so beautiful so beautiful but kind of transitioning to our next m since we talk about mania a little bit um talking about misery so like depression so like i with delta eight like i take it to help me sleep because i have insomnia which Mm -hmm. goes hand in hand with depression anxiety but i have noticed that delta eight does help me with my depression like the next day and stuff like that like i mean i take antidepressant take anxiety meds stuff like that but um i used to be like prescribed like heavy sleeping pills but then i don't take those anymore for personal reasons so um you were ambient right no i was taking trazodone yeah and that's yeah so i don't i i would wake up groggy and grumpy that's also used as a pain medication too yeah so i was just like "Mm, no i'm I'm," i didn't like tell my doctor i didn't take it well actually i think i did but i just take delta eight and if i need extended release melatonin i take it if not eh, whatever but um melatonin will knock you out it will especially if you mix it with delta eight it's like no thank you tko i need to be able to wake up (laughs) straight up but yeah when i wake up like with delta eight like i feel refreshed i feel ready to take on the day so like i definitely think i could use it to treat my depression but Mm. i'm not at a with my journey with my depression like i've been through a ton of medications and like I'm probably going to sound like codependent on it, but you know what? Whatever. It doesn't matter. But at the matter. same time, like, that's that's what this whole podcast is for. That's true. Because it's if it's the idea that people... Okay. If you're diabetic. Yeah. And you need to take insulin. Yep. And it will you will die if you don't take insulin. That's true. So why is it that we have to have this whole view that you needing to alter the chemical balances in your brain because your brain doesn't produce the chemicals that you need to stop you from wanting to die like fair what like that that's my idea so if you if you are a person that takes medication 
and you were prescribed those medications, there is no reason for our society to be shaming anybody that does it. Now, if you abuse those medications, that's something you need to approach with your doctor and talk to them about. Yes. But I'm talking about the people that take the medications they are prescribed to make sure that they can be a functioning member of society in whatever form that is. Yeah. I mean, and I know that it takes time Mm -hmm. for you to adjust, for your brain to get used to having those chemicals again, and for them to be actually, like, produced either through medication or naturally, then I I just don't understand it. It blows my mind, the rhetoric surrounding mental health medications and depression meds. Because, like, you don't want to get pregnant, you take birth control, you use a condom. You don't want to die, and you're really depressed, you should probably take your depressive, your depression medications if you've been prescribed them. No, I mean, it's true. And see, like, for me, like, most people take SSRIs. I'm about to get real technical with y'all. Um, I'm a nerd. I'll admit it. So um, it's selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Those are the most popular forms of antidepressants because most people have a serotonin issue. Mm-hmm. I have a dopamine issue. My mm-hmm. brain has always been backwards. Like, I remember when I was little... Like, they gave me some meds to sedate me. It made me drunk AF. I mean, drunk, quote-unquote, as a kid. Yeah. Like, I would look Loopy to my attack, mom. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, Mom, you have three noses. And she was like, oh, bro, what? And so, um, lavender calms most people. It gives me night terrors. So, like, uh, my brain's always been fucked up. Mm-hmm. I'll just be straight up. So, you know, it took a while to get to, get to that point of finding the right meds mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if I don't have my meds... I mean, like, it's bad. Like, I can, if I miss a day, which I don't um, anymore, then I can have enough healthy coping mechanisms to get through that day. But I remember when, like, the place that I get my meds from, they were, like, fucking around and, like, not really, I didn't feel like they were taking me seriously. And, like, yes, I'm an adult, but, like, I'll tell you guys right now, like, sometimes you need your parents to step in. My mom, literally, I remember she was on the phone. She was like, you guys need to figure this out. She said, because I'm not going through what I went with her, went through with her again with yeah. me, like attempting. She was like, there will be blood on your hands. I was like, oh, shit. yeah, she was not playing. Mama bear done. Straight out. up. And guess what? They got those meds pretty quick. The quickest I've ever seen them get, yeah. get them to me. So no, I agree with you. I mean, it's like when someone like is sick, you go to the doctor, like mm-hmm. physical ailment or your diabetes or like thyroid or like anything like that. And so it's like, you take the medications that you're prescribed. Yeah. And you do it to keep yourself alive in whatever format that you need that to happen. For me, I know I have anxiety. I know I battle with depression. I have PTSD, Yeah. but, and I have ADHD, mm-hmm. but I, I opted out of medication for yeah. me. And would it have been maybe a little easier? And would my life be, a little more neurotypical than probably. Mm-hmm. But I started medication for my ADHD when I was in third grade. And this was when it was a huge, like, I don't want to say boost, but yeah. like the diagnosis were really yep. elevating. Yeah. Um, especially for kids my age. Yep. And so <clears throat> for a while I was on Ritalin, Mm. and then Adderall came out onto the market, which is a great medication. Yes. And I started taking it, but during that time, they weren't approaching dealing with my anxiety, because Mm -hmm. even even then, when I was a kid, I'm only 30, and Mm -hmm. this is when I was eight. So it really, in grand scheme of things, wasn't that long ago in the medical field. No. But... They weren't dealing with the anxiety that comes along with ADHD 
and being a kid with ADHD and then having to try and like wrap their neurotypical, their now neurotypical brain around how it used to be. So all of the habits that I had formed to get through my day didn't work out. Also, I was in third grade and I didn't want to take that gross medicine. It was, yeah. it was, it was awful. It was yeah. a pill. It was a pill, yes. A little, a little. But if it's st- stayed on your tongue long enough, that thing tasted like horseshit. Ugh. Like grape shoe polish that like burned your mouth. It was gross. And so I started having an aversion to wanting to take my medication. Yep. And I think finally in high school, I like put my foot down because um, I never wanted to eat either. Mm. And it wasn't that I forgot to eat. I just didn't really have much of an appetite. Yeah. So I put my foot down and I said, either you change my medication or I come off of it. And so they put me on Adderall XR. Mm. And this was, I was well into therapy at this point when yeah. I was a kid. So I started therapy when I was in seventh grade. And by 10th grade, I changed over to Adderall XR, which was a longer dose. And I started to gained the weight that I was supposed to. So when I walked into high school, I was 95 pounds. Shit, dude. That's it. Mm. And if you guys could see me now, you would not believe that because I am a curvy, curvy woman. Yep. And that's fine with me. I love my body now. Took me forever. Yeah. But so when I started taking the Adderall XR and I started to eat, I think I went to like 110 within a year. Wow. And then finally by my junior year, I'd had enough. I was tired of feeling very zombie-ish. I didn't really want to do much. And so I just started weaning myself off the medication after talking to my parents about it. Yeah. My dad wasn't a huge fan of it because um, my habits started to come back out and everything. But also dealing with my parents' divorce mm-hmm. and and a lot of just home life issues and everything, I kind of was done. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to do it anymore. No. So I put my foot down when I was 16 and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not taking my medication anymore. I can I can deal without it. Yeah. And that's when I really started to hit therapy really hard. And even then, yes, I still struggle with issues with ADHD. Yeah. But also at the same time, it's to the point where, and I hate the idea of like you grew out of it because you really don't, a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. And some kids do. ADHD is such a vast, ADD and ADHD is such a huge area. And it's so vast that yes, some kids do grow out of their ADD and ADHD to the point where they, they don't need medication. Other kids, they do not for the rest of their lives. My brother still takes his medication every mm-hmm. single day. At least last time I talked to him, he does. So coming from somebody who has chosen not to medicate, I feel like it took me longer, but it has taught me to listen to my brain mm-hmm. way more yep. and draw my boundaries where I need to draw them. And also, it made me learn faster, like, with, like, how I should behave in public. Mm -hmm. Because even then, like, whenever you're, like, a kid and you have ADHD, you don't give a shit. No, my (laughs) youngest nephew has ADHD, and before he was medicated, holy fucking hell. Like, I'd be like, where did he go? And he'd be like, I'm out of here, like, hanging off something, like, crackhead, what you doing? Like, get down, where you going? Like, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, medication is such an intricate thing, because then, you know... You have stuff where, like, I'm reading this 
slowly reading this book called Dope Sick, and it's about, this is a little off topic, but about the opioid crisis yeah. in America and how it started. Oh, they're making a TV show out of Dude, it. Dude, it's so, the book is so good. I need and to the, read it. Yeah, I'll let you borrow it after I'm done with it, but it's like, mm, thank you. it's, it's because, I mean, honestly, like, society over-medicates, and, like, I have someone in my life, I'm not going to say specifically who, but it's, like, they have bipolar disorder, and the doctors over-medicate them so much that I don't think they'll ever be able to pull back off it, because they use medicine to treat the side effects. Like, yeah. every medicine has a side effect, and you just have to deal with it. But for the doctors, for this person, they're like, oh, you're having that side effect? Here's enough. Like, I think this person takes, like, ten medications. And it's, it's a lot. It is a lot. And I, I'm i not a doctor. Let me just disclaim that. Like, let me just throw that out there. But in my personal opinion, lived experience, like, that you're treating the symptom, not the root of the issue. Yeah. So, and I have seen that person change over the years with all the meds that have been added on. And it, they have so many health problems. I'm convinced that some of it is medication so it's another layer of doctors need to be held more accountable well yeah i mean like just looking back um i believe this is how it goes because my my dad and my uh stepmom don't talk about it too much but um years ago my stepmom was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis mm. which is a terrible disease yeah. um well eventually so she was on medication for a very long time for multiple sclerosis and Mm -hmm. so and those are some heavy meds yeah my understanding is that now she actually was misdiagnosed (gasps) and so all of those years on those medications she didn't need to be on them and i can see some of like the side effects of that the the length of medication that she was Mm -hmm. on and stuff now I think it's just like a B12 deficiency where she doesn't absorb it and then she has like a slight neurological thing where like the doctor literally takes like a small electrical probe, yeah, puts it into her sinuses and zaps into the sinuses right underneath the eye and she's fine. And I mean, she was on like liquid Imitrex being injected into her huh. arm for migraines. Uh-uh. So like seeing her now, she's in so like much better shape than she was, but like the idea that, like, a minor B12 deficiency along with, like, a small neurological being diagnosed as multiple sclerosis and, like, the years that she had to go on those medications and also facing, like, her death eventually because MS does kill you. It does, yeah. Um, It was crazy. It's wild. Yeah, and so, like, my question is, is that for me, I know that ADHD medication makes me feel in a manner in which, and even now if I take it, I don't even know, I haven't taken it in years because yeah. I, I, I'm not diagnosed with it, so yep. I'm not going to take it. Yep. I'm not prescribed it. I'm not going to take it. Um, I don't know, honestly, how I would react to it. Mm-hmm. Would would I be just neurotypical or would I react in a way that somebody who is neurotypical who takes Adderall because we all know those kids that were in high school that were trying to, like, get into Yale or Harvard or something, and they would ask if they could, like, yep. borrow some Adderall or something and just to get through exams or, like, what what the heck ever. And I'm like, dude, some of these people need this medication to mm-hmm. survive yeah, and, like, get through just a regular day, not to, like, get straight A's on their exam and get the scholarship that they need. So, like, I wonder where that balance is yeah. like of like behavioral therapy and emotional therapy as well as the assistance of medication yeah it's really tough and that's like 
something I've thought about with, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this last episode, but I want to be, I'm going to become a therapist. I'm not saying I want, I'm thinking I'm going to become a therapist. And so that's going to be challenging for me is, you know, the emotional and behavioral aspects of that and whatnot. And just the balance. I mean, I won't be able to prescribe meds because it's someone with a doctor has to do Mm -hmm. that. But it's like, I know that I might not agree with some doctors on what they do, but obviously like it's, I mean, I won't really be able to do much because I don't have that education I'm just getting education <clears throat> but you know I mean it's 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 interesting but medication and like the type of treatments that people can get for their mental health like all of it needs to be normalized all of it needs to be destigmatized yeah. because I mean I have I had one lady on my Facebook who like would not stop talking about her natural treatment for depression and I literally told her I was like if I do not take my meds I will kill myself yeah I will literally die and I'm like, I understand that's what worked for you, but that doesn't mean that's what's going to work for me. Yeah, that's the that's the whole idea of finding the right medication that works for you or finding the right method of handling the things that you need when it comes to someone who struggles with mental health issues. It's not, it's, it's just like standardized tests, yep. you know? Yep. Not every single child is going to fit the bill for a standardized test. Everybody is a different learner. Everyone has different experiences. So the question is, why in God's name do you think that, like, this natural remedy or this medication that your grandma takes or that your kids, aunts, uncle, whatever took, it's not always going to work for people. Nope. There's allergies. There's just brain chemicals and the balance of having to find it, as well as also some people go through months Mm-hmm. Of finding the right combination or cocktail, I guess. Yeah. Of medications that work correctly for them. And that shit sucks from what I've seen. It's awful. I've been there. It's the fucking worst. Yeah. Like you feel like, because for me with SSRIs, I feel great for two weeks and then I would go very, I'd be very suicidal. Like mm-hmm. it was just constant. I remember I was on a Billify and I went to my psychiatrist and said, I'm not taking this anymore. And she was like, I'm sorry, what? And I'm like, I'm not taking this anymore. I remember looking at my mom and I was like, if I'm supposed to die, I'm just going to die. I said it that I said, I can't, my brain cannot do this anymore. And like, obviously for a parent, that's terrifying to hear. Yeah. And I was off. So I was, I've been off meds and I functioned, but then it started to get bad again. So I had to go back and yada, yada, yada. But like, and that's something I remember mentioning that later. I was like, I've been off meds for a couple of years and it worked for a couple of years, but then I had to get back on. Yeah. So it's just like, it's very... It's finding the consistency and the medication that works for you or the method that works for you. For me, I don't like medication really much. But also at the same time, I don't think that I'm at a point in my life now where I need medication to be able to function and get through my life. I wake up, I go to work, I do my job, I do it well, I can interact with my kids. And there are times, yes, educator burnout, it's a real thing. Yep. Exhausted some days. We just came back from spring break, and I came home yesterday and had a massive headache, but I was exhausted. Yep. Absolutely exhausted. I fell asleep for two hours, and it was like four in the afternoon. Hey. And so, I, but I can, I can still get through my day. Yeah. It's not to the point where I'm having to, like, call out of work because I can't get out of bed. Yep. Or, or things like that. So... But that's just me. That's who, that's how I handle it. If I feel like I need to up on my therapy, then I up on my therapy. Yeah. So, but I've also been with a therapist since I was in middle school. So I have an arsenal of yep. coping mechanisms 
to handle myself. Not other people. Yep. Myself. Because the only person I'm responsible for is myself. And I keep my opinion to just myself. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's that's something I've learned in my mental health journey is I'm only in control of me, myself, and I. Mm-hmm. My actions, my reactions, my choices. What other people do mm-hmm. is on them. And yeah. unfortunately... A lot of decisions that other people have made has affected me, but it's out of my control. But what I can control is how I choose to either let that bring me down or how I choose to let myself grow from that. Yeah. You know, for example, I mean, it's like my, I don't use the word failure in my vocabulary anymore. I either win or I learn. Yep. And that's, I mean, like for me with my marriage, my marriage didn't fail. It didn't work out. But I learned a lot from it. I did. And that has helped me Same. heal so much more than sitting there being like, well, maybe I'd done this. Maybe. Nah, my marriage was doomed from the start because my ex-husband is a narcissistic, sociopathic asshole. Yeah. And mine, so. and like, that's the same thing. I learned from my marriage. I learned what I wanted. Yep. And I learned the person that I could be for a partner and the person that I can't be for a partner. And that's where it lit. Like, that's where it stayed. Yep. And so... I think the issue that I have with people who give what my therapist likes to call unsolicited coaching yep. about like what people should do or, oh, I ch- like my son's best friend's mom tried this medication for Ugh. him or take this green tonic that's going to make you shit your brains out for three days and you're going to detox. And we'll talk about that bullshit later. Yeah. But um, it's it's. Don't don't give me unsolicited coaching. Nope. Unless I ask for it. Yep. Now there are times I'll be like, do you want to vent? Do you want help? Or do you just like, which one do you want? Do you yep. want me to listen or do you want me to try and help? Yep. And I always try and make sure that I ask that. Sometimes I slip up. Sometimes I still give unsolicited coaching. But at the same time, I apologize and then I say, I'm sorry. You just wanted to vent. I will stop trying to offer solutions and yeah. fixing it for you. Because yeah. if we stopped trying to fix everybody else and make people do different things, in my opinion, then we would probably be in a better spot socially. No, agreed. And I explained this to one of my friends the other day because she's kind of dealing with someone who's going through a rough patch of their marriage and she keeps expressing her opinion on it. And I, I looked at her and said, I love you. So I get where you're coming from. I said, I know you care about this person. I was like, but I said, for me and my marriage... I said the minute that people stopped getting in my ear and tell me what I should do, I said is when I was able to sit and figure it out myself. I said that's what you're gonna have to do. Yeah. And I I know I mean I know they didn't like hearing that. Mm-hmm. And but it's it's true. I mean it's and I know people were just trying to be helpful, trying to they saw it from the outside looking in whatever. But I was like a lot of times when you tell people what to do and someone like me does not like to be told what to do. I'm going to do the opposite of what you say out of simple spite, which that's an issue within myself and I'm working through it. But it's one of the people only make decisions and change and move forward when they are ready to do so. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had a problem with alcohol for years. I've been aware of it for years. My mom, out of the goodness of her heart, and as someone who is in active recovery has been for 30 plus years, you know, she would always tell me, she's like, you know, that runs in your family, right? I'm like, okay, yeah. The minute she stopped talking about it and stopped lecturing me about it is when I started to realize for myself that, okay, maybe I do have a problem. Yeah. And, you know, and now I've, I'm sober. I've been sober for uh, a month. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I agree. I think if we just stopped and listened more than we spoke in most situations, mm-hmm. 
think we'd be in a better place socially. I think people would walk away from toxicity earlier. I think this, I think that, you know, I think a lot of things. I mean, obviously my opinion is just my opinion, but I think we're getting to a point with society where we're turning towards people being more empathetic and listening more instead of offering unsolicited coaching as your therapist says. Yeah. And I think, I think it's a, it's another one of those things with like, uh, the question of, of medication or no medication. It's a fine line. There are definitely things that need to be talked about, yes. but there's a difference between being an ally and an advocate for those spaces than someone who fills their opinion, fills the yep. space with their opinion, yep. than someone who just listens yep. and hears them and goes, okay, I've heard your story. Would you mind if I told someone your story or would you be willing to tell your story to this space? Yep. And so... I think if we did more of the tell your story to this space rather than I'm going to tell you how I feel about it, even though I haven't lived this actual scenario. Yep. Because everybody's life is different. Yep. And that's what should happen. Nobody wants to be the exact same person all the time. Nobody wants the exact same experiences. And honestly, if anybody has the exact same experiences than me, then I need to know who you are. That part. Especially if you did it first, so I can know what the heck to do. <laughs> that part. Period. <laughs> Point blank. Period. Um, well, this has been this has been a good episode. It has, yeah. I could keep talking, but... Um, Tacos are waiting. Yeah, we have food. <laughs> we're big foodies, too. Maybe one... We should do a foodie episode. We should. <gasps> so we're making chicken tacos. Well, I'm making chicken taco yeah. bowls. Damaris cooked pho for us last time, so it's my turn. It was bomb pho. Um, so I'm making chicken taco bowls with rice and... Mm pico and shredded chicken that's been simmering in some sauce and now i'm really freaking hungry so let's go eat all right love you guys peace out bye bye